another episode of Parallel Barking. I am Ariana, your barker number one. Well, actually, I'm not going to give us values here. You can be number one. I'll be number zero. Okay. (laughs) Barker Omega over there. Omicron. 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 You can be Delta. I'll be Omicron. All right. And then the squeaker in the back is actually um a a a an actual doggy dog dog dad you want to introduce canine family yes apollo yeah our american bulldog yeah he's still a puppy even though he's 110 pounds he is ginormous and a big dope he is yes. yes but he will be contributing the musical background noise today and I think that's appropriate given the, the subject that you have chosen. Yes, the subject that I have chosen today, um, and I am sorry if those of you who are listening do not like it, not sorry, is law school, going to law school, and what's up with that, and what should, should, should I go to law school, should you go to law school, what happens after law school so that's what that's what it's basically going to be about so i'm just going to throw all these questions to an expert the huh. law professor extraordinaire who's been in the industry for uh, i don't know since the dinosaurs came around before before, before. the dinosaurs yeah you know if you could see his hair you would realize that it's translucent past the color of white. It's just, it's, it's just so, yeah, he's just old. All right, y'all. He, he, he knows his business. Tell you, I walked Jerusalem with the uh, holy people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. back before the Romans burned it down. So you know that he is a credible source for this kind of information. Well, an ancient source. Right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> least something so i guess my first question is for you how did you know that you wanted to go to law school how did i know yeah a thousand years ago a thousand years ago if you can Uh, remember i it was a process of elimination i didn't want to do anything else and um that seemed to be an interesting place uh, to give a shot to. I just finished up a master's program in public policy, and I thought that for from my perspective, that would, um, I don't know, it'd be interesting. It's certainly more interesting than uh, anything else. I wasn't really uh, particularly um, enthusiastic about getting a, a doctorate in the social sciences. I wasn't interested in medical school. Um, and I had no talent uh, for uh, real work, uh, you know, for uh, the, the trades and the like. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, and, and frankly, uh, sometimes I wonder whether, uh, and I actually, I don't wonder, I, I know that they are certainly of equal worth, and sometimes I think of, of more worth than uh, where we tend to shunt our, our uh, progeny 
if only because we've constructed this this kind of it's 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 the bourgeois aristocratic uh, society in the old days. Uh, everyone wanted to be a noble, or in Japan, everyone wanted to be samurai. Uh, in bourgeois societies, uh, including Marxist-Leninist bourgeois societies, um, no one wants to work with their hands. That's the meaning, and so we've we've set up these these meaning tropes where uh, the executive is um, has a higher rank than the plumber, the lawyer, and the doctor have a higher rank than the electrician, and. We've ordered our, um, our economic and social spheres along those lines, uh, except plumbers are laughing all the way to the bank and to their uh, beach houses and their uh, European vacations um, because everyone is so busy being an executive now earning $13 an hour that there's plenty of room for plumbers to charge what the market will bear. But that's a different story. So why did I go to law school? Process of elimination. I didn't have talent to do very much of anything else. I was curious. And um, I had taken a, a couple of uh, law courses, uh, undergraduate, and I found them kind of fun. So, so for those of us who don't really have quite a sense of direction yet, maybe, maybe if we're, if we're feeling that pull it could be the way to go well but it was a thousand years ago back before you had to mortgage your grandchildren's lives uh in order to go to graduate school okay so that's a the good econ point. the economics the economics of my the the nature of my risk taking uh as clueless as i was back then uh would be substantially different than it is today uh where uh, pricing for graduate school, not just law school, but for most uh, schools, pricing is just uh, now so different that the, the nature of the risk versus rewards if you're exploring is, is very different. So you, you have to make a different calculus than I did a thousand years ago. Yeah, that was actually my next question is, are you or you know, am I, whoever wants to go to law school, are we financially prepared to go to law school? Because, you know, student debt is a huge problem, at least right now. Um, we know it is for the millennial population in general, um, but for law students, they're among the most affected because it is exuberantly expensive. Um, it's not cheap. And even public law schools cost, you know, 25 grand a year. Um, so, wow. Yeah, like, no, no, I don't, I don't keep up other than that. I know that the, um, that at least from, from the perspective of the, uh, the period before Noah and the flood, when I was pricing, law schools, right. the, um, the, the price is now just uh, very high. Uh, and you um, well, like I said, the, the, the risk factors are different and you've got to also something else is different. And I think this has to be put into the calculus as well. Uh, and I've mentioned this in some of my writings elsewhere, but we're now a, a, a society that measures everything. And we uh, create uh, expectations, not just of rewards, but of where you're going to project yourself into the labor markets. And therefore, 
uh, what you can expect to be the present value of your lifetime earnings based on these quantifications. And in the context of law school, like business schools, like most other universities, where the law school sits within a ranking system um, as a function of the cost of that education would have to be factored in uh, to figure out what the likely uh, present value of the lifetime earnings for choosing that place given its cost will be. Uh, you can almost run, it's, 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 it's simple analytics in a sense that will give you a ballpark of where that, that fits. But in a sense, what that means, uh, and given the, the and, and again, let me, uh, let me stop for a second and say, I am both a friend and not a friend of rankings. Rankings are the way in which we impose uh, rational sorting on things, whether they actually represent some kind of absolute notion of quality or not, uh, will be debated long after we're dead. Right. But it exists and it has significant repercussions for uh, markets. So here's the calculus. Um, if it's going to cost you $100,000 uh, to go to a law school, the rank of which will make it likely that you're going to be projected into the law labor market at its bottom end, and let's say earn less than $50,000 a year for a long time, the present value of your lifetime earnings at that point, given the cost of the tuition, which is $100,000, plus the interest over time, plus you know, the, the support and everything, versus the amount of, of uh, your likely income, yeah. and the income foregone by other choices, uh, would be one way of looking at whether or not it makes sense. If, if again, if you are indifferent between uh, a legal education and let's say business school or plumbers, uh, you, those are choices that you can make. If, you're, if you are passionate about the law, this is what you want to do and you don't care and you've got a game plan and uh, you you you're not really interested in, in the projections in a particular place because you view this as something that is you know, central to your being and the like, well, the, the calculus will be very different as well. If you're looking at it strictly from the perspective of economics, I like A, B, and C, uh, which one will produce the greatest benefit for me, including personal benefit because you, you're going to have to factor that in. I can make a whole lot more money as a lawyer, uh, but if I hate the profession, but I'm only in it because I've got a talent for it, but I hate it, uh, you're going to be very unhappy. And I can tell you that I have over the course of my life have met many uh, business people, lawyers, doctors, accountants who went into that profession because they made the calculation without calculating their joy in that profession. And there is nothing worse than a very unhappy person who is now trapped by their own calculus and can't get out. And, you know, and that leads to tragedy sometimes. So yeah, I mean, that's, you know, keep that in mind. That's really important. I mean, because our think considering about why, why are you think about why you are going to law school. And I've been trying to think about that myself. Like, why would I want to go to law school? And I, I think you brought up some really good points. 
because I was thinking about this the other day about, you know, the choices in, in my most ideal world, if I could get accepted to any law school for free, if they gave me a free ride, you know, that would be amazing. You know, I could go to Harvard, or Columbia, or Stanford, you know, all these Ivy League big names. Or, or humble you. Yes, or humble you. Right, right, and, right, right. And, right. Recall, and recall that we're talking ratings. We're not talking quality of listen, education. Listen, listen. But it would be much more beneficial to me to go to one of those big name schools if I was interested in, for instance, going into politics or going into a career trajectory that I am not interested in right now. I- but, but there's, there's more than that. It's not just that. Um, your, um, the, the school that you choose will also determine your social networks. And therefore, again, the way in which you project yourself into the labor markets. Absolutely. Uh, What you buy buy with a school is not just the education, but you buy the social networks, both longitudinally, that is the alumni networks, uh, and um, latitudinally, that is among your peer group and where they're drawn from. So, you know, so when you're looking at this, you're looking at a a huge, a a larger number of factors and merely one, do I like law and do I want a law practice? How committed am I? You're also looking at this strategically in terms of how, what my choice are and how much that choice is going to cost me. uh, And am I compatible with that choice in terms of its strategic values in my placement within social hierarchies, economic hierarchies, power hierarchies, and not just politics. Um, We're talking about access to uh, clients, uh, the level at which you will not, the level of sophistication of the work, but the the, uh, level of um, of the kind of work that you're going to be doing, you know, the size of the client and their their influence and your access to uh, that kind of, of work. And that applies not just to whether you're going to be working for a top 50 company, you know, your clients will include top 50 companies or whether it's just mom and pops. But even if you are going into the nonprofit sector, the political sector, it will probably have an even greater bearing on whether uh, or the the kind of access you will have to the even more um, socially um, autonomous, I'm using my words carefully here, socially autonomous, um, non-governmental groups. It's all about access, but but if, if all you want, if all you're looking for is that knowledge, which I think is what I'm looking for, it might not be what our listeners are looking for. It might not be. Um, then I don't think the name is important. I think accreditation absolutely is important. I don't. I don't think the name sure. is as important sure, because sure. I can you're, tell you're you go to the baseline. The yeah. tech. The tech world does not give two ishes about where you went or even if you went. Well, um, except I, I would, the, 
I'm not sure that I would agree. Um, that would certainly be true with tech once you get in. Uh, and uh, and um, But with respect to, um, if you're going in as tech, I think you're absolutely right, mostly. Uh, but if you're going into tech as a lawyer, um, you're going to bring in all the baggage, uh, the aristocratic and sorting baggage of the law school world. If instead you're going into tech as tech, but you're also informing your tech with other knowledge, that right. is, uh, then then you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but if, if again, you you know be be careful how it is that, that you're going in. And the same you're is true, right. you know, yes. in business. Good. Or, or if you use um, the degree because you're an entrepreneur and you think it will help you uh, in, in starting managing and, um, and uh, guiding your business to wherever it is you, you want to take it, e either a for-profit business or a non-profit um, uh, business or organization. So it, it really does depend. Did and you again, ever look at the places that you might want to work at after you graduated law school and look at the people's credentials to see um, where they went before you even went to law school or? No, no, no. I had no idea. Um, mm -hmm. But I was, I was kind of feral. Uh, there are a lot of people. I, and again, remember, this was a thousand years ago, um, an immigrant. Oh yeah. There were no internets. Yeah, no, look, look. And, and plus, I, I did not grow up in a uh, family where you had a lot of uh, intergenerational knowledge that you can pass oh about how God. it is that you do this. Um, yeah, we had no idea uh, about any of this stuff. I, you know, I picked this up on the fly as I was going through, which also meant that I would make mistakes. And, and, and again, this goes to a different conversation about why it is that, um, you know, and this involves both issues of uh, marginalization on the basis of immigrant status or race or, or whatever. Uh, but, in, but because it's it, not talent, but the accumulation of social knowledge that you need in order to understand, oh, wow, is this something I need to take into account because that's the way social structures are created? Yeah. I had no clue. Uh, I learned and you learn quickly and mercifully uh, that wasn't particularly hard to learn by the time you got to graduate school. Uh, but I, you know, I had to pick this stuff up in uh, it, at the undergraduate level as well. And then you start learning about how this, this works. Uh, and then of course, if, if you're in a ratings based environment, you're in a ratings based environment, even if you fight against a ratings based environment, you're fighting, you're in the ratings based environment. You're either uh, in it because you want to exploit it because you, you want to embed yourself in it or you're in it because you want to exploit it by appearing to uh, fight against it. But there it is. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question from an insider's point of view. Uh, I don't know how inside. I don't know if you'll be able to help at all. Um, but how likely do you think it is 
um, compared to, well, nah, I'm not going to say compared to your day because it's totally different, but how likely do you think it is now that somebody with outstanding credentials will get a scholarship to law school? Oh, I, it, it depends. Every school now, although, look, schools all talk to each other. Um, we, we now have the, this, this, the kind of stratification and social subgroups that make up a, a law school has changed dramatically, uh, even in my time as uh, within the faculty. Uh, law schools pride themselves on differentiating their product, but at the same time, they also uh, know that, uh, that the, the subgroups in their organizations all have to be talking to each other and there's a bit of a herd instinct. Uh, because you don't want to be, you. everyone wants to be a right side outlier, but no one wants to be on the wrong side of outlying and being, you know, at the top of the herd curve is always safe. Um, so the, the answer is for most schools uh, within a broad range of variation, there are formulas, approaches, uh, systems, analytical tools that they use sometimes with greater and sometimes with uh, less um, uh, discretionary spaces. So there's absolutely no way on earth I can answer your question uh, because it will depend on the way in which an individual school, given the cohort that is applying it in a particular time, yeah. will crunch through the system they set up and then subject to the exigencies and serendipities of whatever space there is for an individual to exercise discretion. Right? So subject and, to their whims. Well, it's, it's not whims, subject to it, you know, and we live in a culture now where, and, and you, you, I'm sure you see this in the, the business world as well. Uh, we live in a culture that is just uh, now worships the notion of creating uh, objectives or uh, rules or systems and then vesting individuals with uh, either a small or a large amount of discretion uh, to make choices grounded in these uh, rules or systems or the like. It's just the way uh, society operates and it is little different in Beijing, Berlin, or Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. So that's a long way of saying I really can't answer your question, but I can I can explain why I can't answer your question. Well, it's okay. I think I got something a little more interesting out of it. The fact that you all share information amongst yourselves. Well, not individual information. Right. They share systems information. Systems. Right. I so mean, people will talk. You know, um, how best to uh, run. A, an office, uh, what kind of factors you use. They'll, everyone will keep some of their stuff sort Best of practice. proprietary, but uh, they'll talk systems and no one is going to want to have a particularly bizarre system. So you're not gonna have a group of uh, admissions officials uh, sitting around a meeting and having someone say, oh yeah, we use tarot cards. Uh, and when an applicant comes in, we'll just cast a tarot card and then decide okay. whether they're going to get a scholarship or a minute. That's right. Good. Right. So you're not going to get that kind of Standard. weird outlier. And in part, you're not going to get that weird outlier because um, these there's a lot of affinity within 
uh, these groups, um, the, the um, uh, admissions professionals in law schools will talk to each other. They'll have meetings, they'll have organizations, university presidents do the same thing, university provosts, law school deans, everyone gets together, you talk, you compare notes, uh, there are some things that are especially you, and you're probably not going to talk about that in granular detail, but with respect to the large systems, uh, you know, the, the macro systems, people tend to like to keep an eye on what everyone is doing, and everyone likes their own little variation, but no one is going to stray very far unless they think somehow that that will, that they will be the ones who will be able to create a new path. They will right. innovate. They will they be will the innovate. pioneers. Right. So, so, and I'll give you an example of that innovation uh, in the face of crisis. So you've got crisis, COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the big innovation is, are we moving away from LSATs? Oh. And, right. But, but that is what passes for big innovation. <laughs> are we going to use the LSAT? Well, if we don't use the LSAT, are we going to use no exam? Or are we going to... Uh, have a big tent, and you can use the GREs or the the or some other yeah. What's the alternative? Exam. And then if you do that, everyone has to talk because then you have to figure out a way of embedding it into your decision system so that your system is consistent. The problem with discretion is you need to bond, you need to create boundaries for your discretionary decision making so that you can, there's a, at least a level of predictability and accountability. Otherwise people will just go off. Oh, this um, is fun. Do but, they... but this is this is standard administrative practice for everything. It's just gonna show uh, in the law school context a little different than it does, for example, in the Department of Commerce. Are they- but This is now we're far afield from- the, I know what we started at. Did we talk, I mean, did they, are they talking about the same thing with SATs? I have no idea. Oh, I I'm sure they. I'm sure they are. Everyone's talking about this. Um, what kind of and and this is a the larger conversation, which is what measurable and uh, qualitative factors ought to be uh, gathered together, uh, and how are they to be rationalized so that one can. Uh, apply them in a similar way across a population of applicants in order for the system to be fair, consistent, predictable, and to meet the objectives of getting, quote unquote, the best class possible, uh, whatever best means. Yeah, whatever and that means. That's, and that's also a moving target. Yeah, that's going to change. Right, right, but but so so there's 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 both certainty, predictability, but also every school will be different, and all of it, event all of it will be a function of the of the uh, applying cohort, and that changes from year to year, uh, at least at the margins. Okay, so my summary of deciding whether or not to go to law school is pretty much about what you want to do after law school and the money. Yeah, but again, I keep cautioning, unless you, uh, you know, if you base it solely on money, unless money is the thing that makes you happy, um, that is, 
just it's not something that you should really base your decision on well unless you really like money unless you really like it gives you pleasure and and the money and or the power is the thing that drives you i mean i was absence of that in the absence of that you really ought to identify first the thing that makes you happiest Mm -hmm. or your goal the the thing that defines you and then work from there Mm -hmm. okay and it may be money, it may be power, it may be uh, being invited to tea with the queen. Uh, everyone is different, but you know, but you got to know yourself and your circumstances. It may be that you need to sacrifice um, some element of your happiness because uh, there are other things that are important given your own specific life circumstances. Right. And, you know, I, there's a million variations of that. And, but again, that's a, a conversation you have to have with yourself. All right. I'm satisfied. Hopefully, the listeners are semi satisfied. Dad, do you have anything else to share? No, woof, woof. Woof, woof. <laughs> I don't know if Apollo's still there. No, no, he's gone. All right. Well, he got bored. So I get it. All right. Woof, woof until next time. (laughs) All right. See you all later. Bye.